Hey guys, and welcome back to Messy Minds. Oh. I'm laughing at you because the start of your podcast is like my customer service voice. (laughs) (laughs) People tell me all the time that I have the most surprising customer service voice. It's so high pitched. It's so high pitched. (laughs) It's but you start the podcast the same way like, hi guys. (laughs) People are nicer to me if I'm high pitched. It's yeah. I mean it's pleasant sound. It's not like it's like Valley Girl high pitched, you know what I mean? Like Oh well good. I'm glad I'm not like horribly annoying. No, you're not. (laughs) Not horribly. It's no. kind of just a little bit, just enough. Oh no, just years, enough annoying. You still haven't annoyed me enough yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, anyway, how's your week been? Uh, my week was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. That's a good I, word. I uh, might have reported somebody for sexual harassment. Um. On accident. I wasn't really trying to, although my ultimate goal was to report him eventually, but I wasn't trying to get, like, the rest of my job involved. I don't know. Because he didn't work for my company. Oh, he was a temp? Like, he was, like, contracted out? Right, right. Um, But still, like, with the position that this person was in, I think... Yeah, because he's in... He's in... He's in a very high position. He's a type of law enforcement. Exactly. It's very authoritarian. So it's like, I think you did the right thing. Like, especially with the context of everything. I don't know this man's name. I've seen him around for years. And he's been kind of weird, I guess, the entire time that I've known of his existence. Um, But I don't know. This week he started following me around and like actually telling me that he was trying to find me. And it was just, it was all too much. That's really discomforting. Yeah, That's, it yeah. made me feel really unsafe. Yeah. Um, to the point where people were actually, like, walking me out to my car. Oh, shit. Over yeah, the no. weekend. So, yeah, no. Yeah. So no, you did that. the right thing. You did the right <laughs> thing. Like, you, you brought it to the attention. And honestly, like, apparently he was already exhibiting shifty behavior elsewhere. And, like, it's... I think it, if it wasn't you, it would have been somebody else, which sucks to say, but, like, at least you were... Well, I just... Here's my thing. This happened while I was working. I cannot stress to people enough. We have to be nice at our jobs. I can't yep. just be a dick to you all the time. I'm paid to be nice to you. You know, that's literally it. That's literally it. It's like, I'm not flirting with you. I'm not trying to like, I'm trying to do my job, honestly, make a sale and then go home and sleep. Like, right. Because if I'm a dick to you, then I'm putting myself in a position where now you can report me to my my manager. Yeah, exactly. You can go to my boss and tell my boss that I'm being a dick for no reason. Exactly. So like, I have to be nice to you. Please do not put me in a position where I am made to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, because you're taking advantage of my kindness. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I got. That's my soapbox for today. (laughs) How was your week? (laughs) Oh, um, Mars is in retrograde right now, and it's really, like, rearing. I'm going to bring up something astrological on every podcast. It's going to be a theme, but I'll get you guys into it eventually. We can do a whole podcast on that, too. But, and I digress. So, that being said, it's just been very volatile week, um... I just had a very drawn out 
confrontation with my ex and it's it's just put me in a very off headspace and um it's just been a rough week um been a rough year <laughs> oh it has been that hasn't it I, like that's literally like not even scratching the surface like you know it's 2020 man um you know that song by all time low which one the one that goes, maybe it's not my weekend. But it's going to be my but year? it's going to be my year. That fucking, oh my god. It oh. was not my weekend, nor has it been my year. No, I was, <laughs> okay, so I'm still friends with one of my um, exes. Like, we didn't end on the best of terms at the time, but, like, over the years, I mean, it's been literally, like, it's been almost ten years, I think. So, like, it's, it is what it is. Like, well, it's been seven years. So, yeah, like, we're good. Like, we're friends and everything, and, um... Obviously, like, we still talk, and <laughs> there was one message that he he screenshotted my first status that I posted this year, and it said, 2020 feels big, guys. Lots of good vibes. I'm stoked. He screenshot my own <laughs> post, sent it to me, and he said, how do you feel about that? This was literally, like... Like, not even two weeks ago. He's like, how do you feel about that? And I, literally, my first response, fucking fake bitch. <laughs> I'm like, I am. Oh, man. Uh, I was like, god damn. Well, I... that was a lie because this year, man, this year started to fall apart Quick. immediately after. Mm -hmm. That brings us to our topic for today. 2020. <laughs> Oh, how 2020 has fucked with us. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of the above. But we're a mental health podcast, so we're touching on the mental aspects of how 2020 has just fucked us. So uh, I uh, went around to work and I asked a couple people to tell me how 2020 has fucked with their heads. <laughs> and this is what they have Survey to say. Survey says... <laughs> survey says <laughs> all right so what has 2020 done to your mental health it has stressed me the fuck out okay <laughs> i became the only person in my house making money and i pretty much make the most out of everyone and i feel like i'm just responsible for my entire family now like i'm the mom <laughs> <laughs> it sucks so, um, 2020 can, like, suck a bag of Richards, I think. <laughs> um, how it's affected my mental health. I'm constantly stressed. I know so many people who can not sleep a full night's sleep without waking up a million times. Um, everything's heightened. Decisions are bad. Decisions are bad. Because <laughs> you never know Don't if you're making the right... Don't make any decisions right now. <laughs> no, it's bad. Um, yeah, uh, please let it all be over. Every, everybody's nuts. They're all nuts. Like, fighting and complaining and just any little, it's like a sore, like you stubbed your toe and all of a sudden you want to cut off your foot. That's pretty much 2020. Yeah. It's been a rough one for sure. Yeah. It's been interesting and shitty. I need a shot. 
man, I need a shot too. <laughs> of like whiskey. No, you know what? Absinthe. Let's, <laughs> because this is how bad this year has been. Are we just going to do warm Jaeger rumpel mints? Oh God. Jaeger. Oh, I know. You really have, my mom likes Jaeger. You really have to like licorice, but she, she, she likes licorice. I know it's gross. I'm right? sorry. One time I drank Jaeger out of the bottle while I was having sex in a bathroom. That's like a really hot it mental was... picture. If I'm, honest. <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, like I'm like, that's kind of sexy, girl. I don't, think <laughs> I've drank, I don't think I've drank Jaeger since then. Uh, I honestly don't blame you. I don't blame you for that either. <laughs> that was like low key. That was like a really hot mental image. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, 2020. Well, how has 2020? <laughs> you have the look on your face. Oh, you even know. How has 2020 affected your mental health, Brie? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, Turning it around on you. I don't think I've ever been this stressed in my life. Um, not only because of the pandemic, obviously, and, and how stressful this particular election is. Yeah. And, uh, all of the things that the rest of the world is going through. I also feel like 2020 has really honed in and figured out how to fuck with everybody's lives individually on an extra level this year. This season of Black Mirror was legit. Yeah, I just, I don't understand how it's possible that everybody in the world is, is going through having shit. having a horrible time right now. Everyone. <laughs> and like, that's the thing, like, nobody wants to complain because all people are gonna do is play the one-up game and we could go on forever now. <laughs> like, it's just, Everybody has been handed a load of shit on yeah. their plate. Like, warm shit. It's been awful. It's been so... Whether you like change or not, you've been forced to be dynamic this year in every way, shape, and form of your life. Yeah. Like, I mean, relationships have started and ended. I mean, our, our, the way we educate our kids now has completely shifted. Like, I know, because I call you and you're in the background <laughs> screaming at Marcus, telling him to focus on his schoolwork. And, no, my favorite thing yesterday, what did you say to the class? <laughs> because he keeps interrupting the class and she keeps telling him to stop pushing the button. To stop unmuting himself. Because he keeps just going up and unmuting himself and saying whatever the fuck is on his head at that, at that given moment. Oh. And she keeps going, okay, but it's not sharing time. It's it's time to, to learn and to listen. We have to stop touching the button. The button is hot lava. The button is hot lava. This boy will not stop touching the button. He He's won't got so stop. much to say. I love him so much. I'm so biased. He wants all the attention. That's what it is. He wants attention. He wants, oh. he wants the teacher to be focused on. He has only child syndrome. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does for sure. He definitely does. And the thing is, like, I think he'd be a really good big brother. 
I think he would. I think he'd have so much fun because then all of his attention would be focused on that kid. He's been asking for a brother or sister recently. I'm like, um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna, you know what? I have to, I have to go. I have laundry to fold. Yeah, I have. Is this candy? Here's some candy. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is this behind my back? But a cookie. (laughs) Go play. Mm, yeah. Oh, God. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've been really stressed this yeah. year. What about you? I mean, you know, I've only separated and from my husband and ended my marriage and completely <laughs> uprooted my life 2,000 well, miles. Though. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking dandy. <laughs> You see, you do. You seem to be doing well, though. I so I mean, you're obviously keeping it together. Yeah, I somehow think I, I am actually. Um, this year was yeah a very big time of transition. I mentioned before, like whether you like change and embrace it or you don't, you've been forced to be dynamic. And I do thrive in the dynamism, but I definitely did not anticipate to completely start from square one well I remember uh when the pandemic first started and you and I we were facetiming one day I was living my best life you were still living out out in Indiana the middle of nowhere yep and it wasn't the Indianapolis (laughs) is a bigger city than Las Vegas I would just like to point that out for the record oh it's the middle of nowhere it's not the middle (laughs) of nowhere it's like a huge fucking metropolis like it's actually. It's I'm gonna far take you away to Indi- from me, and that makes it the middle of nowhere. I know. I'm gonna take you to Indiana, though. You'll come with me in March because I do have to go back. So. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, I think you'd really like it. We can find shit to do. I think you'd love Indiana. I have to go to Idaho too sometime this week. Oh, we're part. Idaho Falls. Oh my God, I love Idaho Falls. I'm gonna eventually. I'm gonna own a home in Coeur d'Alene. Really? It's ten times prettier than Lake Tahoe. Hmm. Anyway. Change my mind. Anyway. Uh, as we were saying, 2020. Talking in the middle of the, at the beginning of the pandemic, you and I, we were FaceTiming. Right, we were FaceTiming, and uh, you seemed to be very, very happy with the pandemic situation. I was, so, here, if I'm going to be like, you want me to be super candid and honest, I'll, I'll be super candid and honest. My ex started this job in January, and it was a really good job. Like, it was, like, the best job he's gotten since the beginning of our marriage and really excited for him like we were we were working on things in January like things were looking up like we were going to be like set like we had our new place and it was really cute and like I nested super hard the entire thing looked like I had color everywhere it was like desert themed like it was just really cute like I loved our little apartment and everything and this job though He was gone for two weeks at a time, like straight. He would be traveling for work, and then he'd only be home for 48 hours. And I got to really, like, nest in my place, make it my sanctuary. And, like, this was even kind of one of our points of contention was he was always like, this felt like your apartment, not ours. And I was just like, 
Right, but you were never around because you worked. I was living there the vast majority of the time and everything, everything was under my name. A hundred percent. I'm still... I'm very sad that for you that you did that to yourself. <laughs> I. It's not that we could do anything about it. Like, the apartment didn't even know that Kyle existed and, like, lived in the apartment with me because, oh, wow. like of previous records and shit and like my credit was better so i everything had to be under my name like there was no like choice on the matter you know what i mean but when he was gone those two weeks were blissful i wasn't fighting with anybody i wasn't checking in with anybody i was free to do and come and go as I please. It was my place. I always kept it super clean and super organized and everything was in its spot. And literally those 48 hours were hell for me. Hell on earth for me. Like it was always fighting. He was always making a mess everywhere. Literally the following day, it was like Monday morning, I'd take him to the airport And I'd come back and I'd spend, if I had the day off, I would just spend the day cleaning up after the weekend. Like, it was just constant. And the thing is, like, when he was around, he was always, like, you saw him, edgy. Just, like, visibly vibrating human being. Like, just always kind of looking for instigation, really. And, like, could go just zero to a hundred in nothing. In no time. It was just so easy to set him off. So Right, because that was his comfort place. Oh. That's where he had lived his entire life. It was his comfort and place, so for sure. And so that's where he wanted to be all the time, because it was where he recognized his emotions. And it was something that he actually admitted was that it was, like, his anger was his comfort language. Like, that being said, the way that he, his state of being, you're right, it 100% was his place of comfort. Like, that was his zone where he felt... And that's the thing. He admitted to it in so many words. Like, oh, I feel my best when I'm angry. I feel like I'm at my best when I'm at my angriest. When I'm the most volatile, the most set off. Like, I'm like, that is such an aggressive and stressful way to be. Yeah. Like, that sounds like a lot on your heart. Like, on your body. Like... Mm -hmm. That sounds Your cortisone levels must be through the fucking roof. And they were. When I met him, his resting heart rate was 160 beats per minute. I'm sorry. What? (laughs) I'm not even kidding you. I literally, like, took his pulse. And this man is not in CHF yet? (laughs) No, but his dad had a heart attack, like, 10 years ago. So it's like the family history is there. And it would be his anger. It really would. It would send him into a straight coronary. And that was something that I always worried about, too, is like, Kyle, you need to calm down. You need to do this for your health. Like, and he did. Like, the thing is, he did ease up. But, like, those, he, he was like, oh, I thought you didn't like the quantity of how often I got angry. So he would just suppress it and suppress it. And it would fester. And I'm like, It was always about quality, Kyle, not quantity. Like, I don't care how many times you scream at me. I care that you scream at me. Like, (laughs) I thought you didn't like the quantity. I'm not even kidding you verbatim. The quantity. I thought I was just yelling at you too much. Correct. That was verbatim. And I was like, it's just that you yell at me at all. Like, I am as angry as I've 
ever been at you. I've never screamed at you. Like, I never got to that point with him. And it was like, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired of taking the hits. And that's what it was. It was always walking on eggshells when he was around and trying not to set him off, but still setting him off anyways because my anxiety levels were through the roof. This is pre-COVID. Right, so then when the quarantine happened, did he have to come home from work? No. No? Because he was an essential worker. So not only was I being paid through my company that I still was employed at, they were paying me my average salary. I was getting paid to be at home, play with Bangley, take care of myself. So I actually started that like self-care track to like removing myself out of the marriage even before I like said the words I want a divorce. Right. Like COVID kind of was the best thing that happened to me right. in that aspect. It gave you time to take pause and really focus on yourself and Oh, I meditated yourself. and did so much introspection. And the fact that he worked so far away gave you the time. And I would talk to him. It's not like, you know, like those two weeks it was like radio silence. Obviously, like I still had to talk to him and everything. Like, But like the fact that he wasn't physically there, it really provided me a huge relief. It gave me the space to fix the shit in my head. And honestly, it was just like my own kind of personal brand of therapy. It was really like... I needed to reset and recharge hardcore my batteries. And I was pretty MIA, like, except to those closest to me, i.e. you, family. Like, I was pretty MIA when I was in Indiana. Like, I didn't really, like, connect with anybody here unless I needed to, because I really had to focus on fixing my marriage. But covid kind of really opened my eyes to the fact that i didn't need to be miserable and that i felt better without him around yeah and it made me like i didn't have work to distract me i didn't have friends or photo shoots to distract me i had kyle was gone so i didn't have him to distract me i was literally left with my own thoughts and my own devices and it gave me the confidence and the courage to end my marriage and get out of a really toxic situation, one that he still doesn't realize is toxic. Oh, you told me about that conversation that you guys had. It makes me so angry. Yeah. It makes me so angry. He's hurt, and that's the thing that I have to keep remembering is, like, he's always going to have this his narrative and his own feelings about things in the way that he thinks of me and I am not responsible for that person in that narrative it's his own personal problem and until he does the healing to understand why the marriage truly ended and what he needs to focus on to be a better human being not only for himself or his future partner but for the world like he's gonna be angry at me forever and that's okay. You know what? And this sounds a lot to me like something very positive for you came out of 2020, came out of the pandemic. I mean, as stressful and as negative as it has been, I think that the pandemic, at least at the very beginning of it, was positive for a lot of people because it made them kind of Stop slow and down and realize 
what was going on in their life, what they were in denial about, what they couldn't live with anymore, and appreciate what it was that they did have. Yeah. I think it did have a big positive effect at the beginning of it. I think at this point, it's gone on. Yeah. And I think... Far too long, in my humble opinion. Um, It has. But here we are. This is October 2020. Yeah. It's been a hell of a year. We've officially been in quarantine whatever this is, social distancing, uh, longer than Brock Turner was in jail. So, suck longer on that. Longer than Kim Kardashian's marriage. Suck on that for a quick second. Chris Humphreys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, um, I definitely was one of those people in the beginning of the pandemic that was like, ah, oh, this isn't going to last more than past May. I was one of those people for sure. Like, I was like, mm, I don't believe this shit. Like, we'll be fine. We'll be back in action in May. There's no way this country is going to, like, stay that locked down. And, oh, Chelsea's eating her words. But you know what? Like, it has. It has, it has handed me a lot of change, unprecedented changes. Like, I've definitely had to swallow a lot of pride pills. And... I will say that, and a lot of the voices that you heard earlier were, well, all of them actually, were healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of them were nurses. A couple of them are nurses' aides. Um, they, people that work with me, um, they've been particularly stressed. Uh, work's been very weird. Uh, it'll be really, really busy one week, really, really slow the next week. Uh, it just kind of goes up and down like that. You know, and the added stress of, am I going to take this home to my family? That was something that, like, I know my parents freaked out about when I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to go hang out with Brie. And they're like, Chelsea, she works in the hospital, and I'm just like, <laughs> she showers before she sees me, guys. She wears, like, she wears PPE up the butt. Like, at least once a day, guys. At I least, shower at least, at least once, once a, day, a day, I promise. Oh, pro tip. Cold shower in the morning to cleanse your aura. Hot shower at night to cleanse your body. You're welcome. Anyways. No one wants to take a cold shower, Chelsea. No it's one. It's really good for your aura. No one wants to do that. It's really refreshing in the morning. <laughs> anyway. it wakes you the fuck up too so I guess that brings us to the article that I found for today Washpo Washpo it is from the Washington Post and it is called the coronavirus pandemic is pushing America into a mental health crisis that sums it up in one beautiful nutshell Three months into the coronavirus pandemic, the country is on the verge of another health crisis, with daily doses of death, isolation, and fear generating widespread psychological trauma. Federal agencies and experts warn that a historic wave of mental health problems is approaching. Depression, substance abuse, post-traumatic stress disorder, and suicide. Just as the initial outbreak of the novel coronavirus caught hospitals unprepared, the United States mental health system, vastly underfunded, fragmented, and difficult to access before the pandemic, is even less prepared to handle this coming surge. That's what is keeping me up at night. 
says Susan, Susan Borgia, who leads the Traumatic Stress Research Program at the National Institute of Mental Health. I worry about the people the system just won't be able to absorb or won't reach. I worry about the suffering that is going to go untreated on such a large scale. Data shows depression and anxiety already rolling the nation. Nearly half of Americans report the coronavirus crisis is harming their mental health, according to a Kaiser Family Foundation poll. A family federal emergency hotline for people in emotional distress registered more than 1,000% increase in April compared with the same time last year. Last month, roughly 20,000 people texted the hotline run by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration. I'm going to say that one. 20,000 people. They had a 1,000% increase in contact. I'll tell you one thing. My father, who used to think that the way to cure autism was go dig a hole in the backyard and ADHD and ADD. He literally, like, literally was like, no, go dig a hole in the backyard. That's your cure. I don't even know how that would... Oh, yeah, no, it's very just Midwesterners now. But I digress. He didn't believe in that. He now is, like, a huge proponent of mental health awareness and going to therapy and I'm just like yeah because 2020 fucked with you too like as successful a businessman as my dad has been 2020 has fucked with his business too like dude he had to let go of people he loved and thought were family like I mean there's he worked his ass off to try and get like the um funding for like paying your employees the payroll protection plan or something like that and like there was so much that fucked with him and his business like and i mean the entertainment industry is totally affected right i mean it's because still barely your dad's out. business is purely based on how many people are traveling Tourism. here 100 to go to the strip and if the strip is closed he's closed yep you're telling me you are telling me it is, it is fucked with everybody in every way, shape, and form, without a doubt. Online therapy company Talkspace reported a 65% jump in clients since mid-February. Text messages and transcribed therapy sessions collected anonymously by the company show coronavirus-related anxiety dominating their patients' concerns. Mm-hmm. Stress, 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 stress. Listen to all those people. Every single one of them. Stress. Stress, 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 stress. Yep. You know that we still don't know 100% what stress does to the human body? Not good things. No, it is nothing but bad things. Like, I have an autoimmune disease that is 100% triggered by stress. 100%. Like, the more stressed I am, the more my body thinks it's, like, trying to kill me from the inside out. Crohn's disease is not fun, guys. I, on a lesser scale, get hives. Sensitive skin. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What's shocking to me is how little leaders are talking about this. There are no White House briefings about it. There is no plan. The two suicides of the two New York healthcare workers highlight the risks, especially to those combating the pandemic. 
Lorna Brain, a top New York emergency room doctor, had spent weeks contending with the coronavirus patients flooding her hospital and sometimes dying before they could even be removed from ambulances. She had no history of mental illness, her relatives have said in interviews, but struggled increasingly with the emotional weight of the outbreak before she died. Days later, reports emerged that a Bronx emergency medical technician also killed himself. Researchers have created models based on data collected after natural disasters, terrorist attacks, and economic downturns that show a likely increase in suicides, overdose deaths, and substance abuse disorders. Jesus. And I have already seen that in my own life. Oh, yeah. Recently. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, That's And yet, out of the trillions of dollars Congress passed in emergency coronavirus funding, only a tiny portion is allocated for mental health. At the same time, therapists have struggled to bring their practices online and to reach vulnerable groups because of restrictions on licensing and reimbursement. Community behavioral centers, which treat populations most at risk, are struggling to stay financially solvent and have begun closing programs. If we don't do something about it now, people are going to be suffering from these mental health impacts for years to come. Yeah. That's a lot of heavy shit. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. We we all know the facts. We we all know we're all struggling. How do we combat this? Like, I think now more than ever, being kind and being understanding and empathetic to the fact that everyone is legitimately going through something right now. Everyone. And just lending a shoulder, and ear, just words of compassion and understanding, like... Being there for each other is more important than anything. Making sure that you're taking time out to do little things that you enjoy that, you know, putting on your favorite song that you know every single word to even like 15 years later and (laughs) taking a bubble bath. Do as much as you can to stay connected to people. Exactly. As much as you can. You know, if you're not comfortable going out and seeing people yet, get, like, a Zoom group of people together. FaceTime. Yeah, you know, like... Do people still Skype? (laughs) (laughs) You guys can each have your own bottle of wine. You don't even have to think about what the other people want to drink. That's true. You can have red. It's okay, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) I like red. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Connection and just connection and compassion more than anything are like solid top two best ways to just take a deep breath. Yeah. And um, given that I am in healthcare and and all of the people that I work with are in healthcare, obviously. So most of the people that I talk to, most of the people that I interact with, um, part of this article goes into specifically the effect on healthcare workers. Um, And it says, frontline workers, healthcare providers, grocery store workers, delivery people are especially vulnerable to the coming storm of mental health problems. 
We're used to dealing with sick people and seeing terrible things, but what's devastating with COVID is the sheer volume. It's like drinking from a poisonous fire hydrant. And that was an emergency room doctor. Um, As infections soared in March in New York, Nobe took to leave took leave from her duties at the University of Rochester Medical Center to volunteer as an ER doctor in Queens. Weeks later, the experience still haunts her, watching families crumple in the ambulance bay, knowing that they may never see relatives again, hearing the relentless alerts every few minutes of crashing patients and respiratory arrest, sending patients home because they weren't quite sick enough, knowing they may be coming right back, or even worse, the chance they may not make it back. It chips away at your soul, Nobe said. You have to hold on to the positive and how you're helping in the ways that you can. That hope is like medicine. It's as important and tangible as Tylenol. A study of 1,257 doctors and nurses in China during the country's coronavirus peak found that half reported depression, 45% anxiety, and 34% insomnia. Before the pandemic, doctors and nurses were already acutely prone to burnout, research shows, because of the workload pressure, chaos, and increasingly dysfunctional healthcare system. (laughs) 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 We're now hitting a period of uncertainty where a lot of people are asking themselves how long they can keep it up. A Mayo Clinic doctor and a leading researcher on burnout, Lizolette, I don't know how to pronounce her name, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> the tea, the teapot can oil only boil for so long. I cannot read anymore. My mind has given up on words. <laughs> <laughs> it says no more words for you, Brianna. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I just thought that was interesting. Um, I mean, I think we could all probably figure that out, but I just thought it was interesting the way that it was worded. And I think that they put into perspective pretty well. Uh, the specific stresses of working in a hospital during this time. Yeah. I I know, I was... It is really hard to, you know, have to tell a family member, no, I'm sorry, you can't come see your... Dad. Yeah. Mom. Grandma. XYZ. Insert person you care about here. It is... Like, I heard, I heard a nurse in the ICU the other day... Um, a family member had called and asked if they could come and see their family member and she had to be like no I'm sorry they're not dying yet you know like that's our that's what we're at right now Jesus unless you're dying you can't come see your relative yeah it makes it hard for Because we all care about people. Like, we all have... We all care about somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... I'm such a... Like... I'm, I mean, I am and I'm not. But, like, with the people I care about deeply, I'm a physical touch person. Like, I am hugging you endlessly, like, in some way, shape, or form. Like, it's just, like... I'm such a hugger. It's been rough. Like... I haven't hugged my abuelita in fucking almost a year. Well, actually, probably longer than that because, like, the last time I was in Vegas was 2018, and I have not been able to hug her at all this year. And I've actually, like, been here. Wow. So I haven't hugged my grandma in two years. It'll be two years in December. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I think that's probably the worst part of all of this. Is the distancing. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. It really fucks with you. Like, whether you're a people person or not, we all need, we all need that connection, for sure. And, um... Get it in any way that you can, for sure. It really boosts those endorphins more than you think. You know, and at this point, you probably need to build an immune system. So, <laughs> get out there, go to a bar. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, you know. I really, I, I'm very much a proponent that you need to build those antibodies and like, yeah. Get outside, get fresh air. Man, flu season's gonna suck dick. None of y'all have any kind of immune system right now. Mm-hmm. Y'all are gonna Those catch of you the that flu. aren't eating right or exercising or actually going outside and being around people, like it's gonna hit you harder. Build those build that immune system now. Eat not that I'm saying nor masking rules or whatever. I'm not saying Keep that either. Wearing a mask and be considerate. Good lord. But don't shut yourself in your room 24-7 and not leave, please. Exactly. Go outside. Exactly. <sighs> exactly, guys. Well, All right, well. I feel good. Yeah, I 2020 kind of. <laughs> was kind of shitty, but, you know. I think we still have some, to kind of look some at the hard things. Lighting. Some hard things came from it, but good things came from it. I don't know. I got I get to be near my best friend again. Like Yeah. I get to see you all the time, like not through a screen. Like This has been super fun. I've had so much fun since you've moved back. I have too. It's been so good reconnecting in person and like just being back in each other's lives and like being present. Like It's extra fucking special, man. Relishing in this friendship for sure. I love you so much, Bree. I love you. I'm so glad we do this. Me too, man. It really is cathartic. I don't even know if anybody's actually listening to this. I honestly don't care because it's so cathartic <laughs> for us. Like, I think if it if it does if it touches one person, even if it's just you or I, like, we did our job. If you guys are listening to this, we have an email that you guys can. <laughs> we might get on Instagram email. At it's some in point. the description. Um, if you want to hear about anything, or if you have any questions or anything like that. Feel free to email us. Uh, the email's in the description. There's also going to be uh, some hotlines in the description for you guys today. Mm. Uh, there was last last recording as well. Yep. Um, I just think it's, and... yeah. I yeah. think it's really important if you guys need help, if you guys don't have a support system that you're comfortable going to, it's really important for you guys to reach out. So I'm going to go ahead and put those in the description as well. Also reach out to us if you yeah 100 percent. i mean we're hot ass messes but <laughs> we care you know emphasis we try. on the hot ass and we're, really, <laughs> and we're really good at giving advice we're just not good at making decisions in our own lives great at dishing the medicine just a hard time swallowing it ourselves yeah i sure. trust chelsea's advice i just don't trust her to make good decisions for herself and oh, i think fuck that's no. vice, vice versa there yeah you know so. that, that that pretty much goes <laughs> goes to show for sure <laughs> oh 
Uh, yeah, so uh, that's been 2020, guys. Hopefully, we finish out a little bit better. Um, got two months left. Probably not. We've got this election coming, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the year's going to get any better. I can only imagine it will get exponentially worse. Uh, but 2021 is almost here. Yeah, man. I'm and ready for we it. can all have hope for that. So, damn straight. With that, I will leave you. Thank you for listening to Messy Minds. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.